Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. How mad would everybody be if I just let off the show with soccer right now? Pretty mad. Four days till the opener. Best Bills team we've ever seen. Pittsburgh at home week one. The NFL openers tomorrow. And my mind is not going to lie kind of on USA versus Honduras tonight. You probably don't even know what the tournament is. If you missed the, the, the word I said a minute ago, you don't even know what sport I'm talking about. But yeah, like the last little bit here, I'm like, ooh, 10.30 tonight. I like late night sports. Although I got to change my routine a little bit. Got to get up a little bit earlier with the, the 10 to 12 shift. Been doing that the last couple of days. It's a bit of an adjustment. So maybe I can't stay up for the whole thing, but I usually like late night sports. Tonight you've got World Cup qualifiers, USA, Honduras. Supposed to be, supposed to be. I mean, proof, proof's in the pudding. But supposed to be this new up-and-coming U.S. soccer team, bunch of kids that all play over in Europe, led by Christian Pulisic, who plays for Chelsea in the English Premier League. And it's like, all right, this time it's going to be different. You didn't qualify for the last World Cup, and it was a national embarrassment. This time it's going to be different. We're going to make it, and we're actually going to be really good. In the FIFA rankings, they were 10th going into the World Cup qualifiers. 10th in the world. All of them, Brazil, France, Spain, Italy, however many teams. There were only nine ahead of the U.S. And they beat Mexico in two tournaments this summer. So it's like, all right, this is different. And then the World Cup qualifiers begin where you just embarrassed yourself three years ago. And they drew El Salvador in El Salvador. And they drew Canada here in the U.S. in Nashville. So, a lot of pressure on the U.S. tonight at 10.30. That's where my mind was uh, for the, the latter half of today. Just because 
I'm a big soccer fan. I can't wait for that game. I love international sports. If you heard me last week when the IHF, the NHL, and the NHLPA announced that the Olympics were going to be NHL players again starting next year, I, I was over the moon. I love international sports. And a lot of it's the team-building aspect of it, but you got a good one tonight at 10.30 for uh, any soccer fans or even casual soccer fans that might be looking for something to watch on what is the final night without NFL football. The final night before NFL football starts, at least. Obviously, there won't be any games Friday or Saturday. Jody Biasi on the nightcap. Thanks, everybody, uh, for tuning in again today to the Extra Point Show. Be sure to check that out. Me and Sal going 10 to 12 on weekdays. Uh, you can find that on the Odyssey app and at WGR550.com. Tomorrow is the opener. I'm going to have an abbreviated show because we're going to bring you the game here on WGR. Buccaneers, Cowboys. Tampa is a nine and a half point favorite. Monstrous favorite in this game. After plenty of debate through the offseason, especially around here, who should be in that opening night matchup with the Buccaneers? It's tradition that the Super Bowl, the defending Super Bowl champion, will host the NFL season opener. And you look for a marquee team, a marquee game on their schedule, maybe a storyline that goes back to last season, and you play them week one. And that's the, the big game everybody can't wait for. Sunday night football also, you got the Sunday night opener. We just make it through game one. You're you're there beginning to end. Maybe you're going out with buddies on Sunday night to talk about the games from before and to watch the late game. That's usually what my routine is. And that game's a nine-point spread. The Bears are a nine-point underdog to the L.A. Rams. The league kind of screwed this up. I think they screwed it up. I don't know what goes into that decision exactly. From what I gather and from what I know, it's mostly up to the broadcast partner to choose those games. And NBC, because of their Sunday night package, I believe gets first dibs at that. And week one, you chose two games that are the two most lopsided games on the week one schedule by the spread, I know you got some big markets. I know you got some big fan bases. But here, the season hasn't even started yet, and I'm ready to start complaining about the attention that some of these big market teams are getting. I don't want to watch the Dallas Cowboys anymore. I don't want to watch the Chicago Bears anymore. When is the NFL going to get with the program that fans are tuning in just to watch great football. And if there's fans in the building, if there's an atmosphere, that for the most part, they're going to care about it. And they're going to watch it if those teams are legitimately good. This is something the NBA has realized over the last few years. Obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers are not a big market, but LeBron James goes there, and because they're great, and because it's LeBron and a big star... Let's put them on every primetime game. Oklahoma City had like a 10-year run there where they were incredible. It's Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Guess who got the best ratings in the NBA for years and years and years? The Thunder were always near the top of the list. Nationally, not just locally. 
Why? Because you've got a whole country that they don't care where the game's being played. It all looks the same on TV. Really, the only difference is the abbreviation on the scoreboard most of the time. And here's the NFL with, now I'm looking back, and now, you know what, like, yes, of course I have a little bit of bias. I'm here in Buffalo, and I'm watching the Bills game in and game out. But really, you put the Cowboys on, you put the Bears on, what are you doing? What are you doing with that? The Cowboys are kind of a joke. They are always floundering floundering around the middle. And they still are. They are they're a barely a favorite in a division where the other quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Daniel Jones. They have no semblance of a defense whatsoever. They have Man, I almost said something really insulting. I maybe want to water it down a little bit. They have this is watered down for me. They have an abysmally awful head coach in Mike McCarthy, who is not up with the times of the current NFL, and literally outright lied to people by saying that he watched uh, a million plays from two seasons ago and then admitted later that he lied in his interview with the Cowboys. So that guy's running the show. And you got a quarterback that's great, but he's coming off a major injury and he's still banged up. How'd you get that one so wrong? How did you start the NFL season with a game that has as good a chance, in fact, has a greater chance by the betting lines to be a blowout than any other game? It might not be close. I wouldn't be surprised. Last year, Dallas could not stop a nosebleed. Before Prescott went out last season, he was lighting the league on fire. He had, in five games, 1,856 yards passing, nine touchdowns passing, four interceptions, and another three touchdowns rushing. So a total of 12 touchdowns, four four interceptions, and almost 1,900 yards in five games. He averaged 371 yards a game passing in five games last year. Their record with him was 2-3. and three. That's how bad their defense was. Their quarterback was putting up video game stats, and they were losing to Cleveland on a double reverse to Odell Beckham late in the game. Tampa, I think, is going to annihilate Dallas tomorrow. The, the, the Buccaneers are returning every starter. They have one of the better offenses in football. Brady, I believe, is still at the height of his powers. As crazy as it is. I, I, have, I have accepted he's defied logic. I've accepted it. And until I see a legitimate sign that Tom Brady is on the decline, I'm not going to believe it's just going to happen because of the age number. To me, it's you no longer can look at the age number with Tom Brady. You have to look at the deeper analysis, the data of, okay, well, how about, is he still throwing it down the field? Oh, Tom Brady attempted the most deep balls in the NFL last season. Hmm, look at that. Oh, does he still effective in those passes? Oh, he was the third most efficient quarterback in the league last year throwing the ball deep. Hmm, interesting. 
watch the guy play. He's still laser-beaming throws into tight windows. Until he starts checking it down, and the ball velocity goes away, similarly to what happened with a lot of the same quarterbacks of Tom Brady's generation. It happened to Phillip Rivers, where the last couple of years, it's all dump-offs to the running back. Why? Because he couldn't push the ball down the field. Drew Brees. It was all slants over the middle to Michael Thomas and screens to, to Alvin Kamara. Why? He couldn't throw the ball down the field anymore. He didn't have the arm strength. Ben Roethlisberger, last season, didn't want to get hit and had one of the lowest average depth of targets in the league for a quarterback. And why'd that happen? Well, he did have an elbow injury before that, but he's old. He can't push the ball down the field anymore like he used to be able to. All those guys are younger than Tom Brady. And Brady's out here still throwing the most deep balls in the league last year. There's no sign to me that he is slowing down. If we see one early in the year, then I'll believe it. And that could happen. But it hasn't happened yet, so I'm not betting on it happening. Tomorrow night, I think you're getting elite Tom Brady. You're getting Chris Godwin, who is one of the more slept-on great wide receivers in the league, in part because he's kind of shadowed by bigger names around him. Mike Evans has a 1,000 yards in every year of his career. Antonio Brown, two years ago, was the best wide receiver in football. And I've got their coach, Bruce Arians, saying he's back to form in training camp. So you've got amazing receivers. I've got Gronkowski. I've got O.J. Howard as their backup. Like, they're just... They're bringing back every starter. First time that's happened since the 70s. The defense is legitimately good. They get after the pass rusher. Shaq Barrett is a great pass rusher. Jason Pierre-Paul is still a good pass rusher. Effective. And Dominican Sue is still a presence up the middle. Levante David. Like, they've got pieces everywhere on defense. They're just a complete team overall. The Cowboys are a quarterback. And a bad team around him. How'd they get that game? They didn't have enough primetime games. Did you really need the did you really need the Dallas market? The Dallas bump from them having one of the bigger fan bases in America? Did you really need that bump from them to get people to watch? Tomorrow night's game will be watched by everybody if it was Jacksonville and Tennessee. You didn't need Dallas. You just did not need it. In fact, it's dumb to put Dallas in that game because everybody's going to be watching anyway. That that game really should have been the Bills game. If The NFL should be kicking themselves that that game's not the Bills game or that either Chiefs-Bills or Steelers-Bills was the Sunday night game. That game is even worse at least with Tampa-Dallas, you have Dak Prescott. You have some doubt that it could be a shootout. And that's a that's in the range of outcomes. Even though it's likely the game is not that close. And that will kill the vibe of that game. The best case scenario for that game is awesome. It's a shootout. Dak and Brady going back and forth the whole game. That would be awesome. You don't even have that possibility Sunday night. The Rams are going to run over the Bears. And even if the Bears did play well, how would they do it? 
They would bog the Rams down into this defensive slugfest, and Andy Dalton would be playing well? Who cares if Andy Dalton plays well? What's the value in that? You, We all know he's a placeholder, and that any moment he could get pulled doesn't mean anything if he comes out and plays well. The Bears are just utterly boring. The uniforms are boring. The team is always boring. They're never exciting to watch. The only thing exciting about them is the quarterback that won't be playing on Sunday night. How did they get that game? That's a bigger head-scratcher. At least with Dallas, you can think, they shouldn't be there, but it is Dallas. So I'm not stunned that it happened. The Bears, are you kidding me? When have they ever been interesting? Ever. In my lifetime, they've never been interesting to me. The Rams are. New stadium and Matthew Stafford coming in, Sean McVay. Like, they're they're still a little sexy as a football team. The Bears could not be less so that. That was even maybe a bigger misstep. And NBC, NBC's really the ones that got to be kicking themselves. Because they've got two the two biggest slotted games for the weekend. And they have the two most one-sided affairs, according to the spreads. Now, that would be my perspective if I worked at NBC. If I worked in the NFL. From this perspective, as someone that can't wait for that Bills game on Sunday, I think they got the perfect result. And I'm glad that NBC screwed up. By not putting the bills in. 1 o'clock Sunday with the weather being as nice as it's going to be and Pittsburgh. It really is perfect. It, it will feel more like a Bills game. It really will feel like after COVID happened for a year. It really will feel like a, a return to normalcy. Right? A return to your normal routine. We're used to the 1 o'clock Sunday games. We love the 1 o'clock Sunday games. Yes, we want primetime games mixed in along the way because we want to feel like we matter, and we do. And that's you want that little pat on the back every once in a while. You want, you want to show off in front, of the, in front of the nation. But for Sunday, you didn't need it. For Sunday, wake up at your normal wake-up time, get out to the parking lots, when you normally would tailgate for the amount of time that you normally would tailgate for. Actually, let me scratch that. Sunday, the Bills are telling you to get in there a little bit early because of staffing issues getting into the stadium. So maybe get in just a little bit earlier than you would at least. But otherwise, like get back to your routine. Let's get back to normalcy. And let's do it with one of the best teams in football. So for that, I didn't need the Bills to be on tomorrow night's game or Sunday night football. But, man, did NBC and the NFL mess up on that one. Didn't even have to be the Bills. But putting Chicago and Dallas in major slots like that is flat-out embarrassing. 803-0550 is the phone number. Um... What do I want to do when I come when we come back next? 803-0551 is the is the phone number. 803-0550. I don't know why I threw the one at the end there. Um we'll get to your calls when we come back. We can revisit that. If you would have preferred the Bills to be on tomorrow night, uh, or if you like where it was, if you had the opportunity to trade for tomorrow night's game, uh feel free to give me a call. That would have been against, of course, Tampa, by the way. Uh, but I do want to talk some Steelers when we return. And 
the Bills almost taking their place on the Steelers' throne for the next however many years. I think what the Steelers have been and what they have meant to the AFC and in the NFL for the last 15 years, I get the sense the Bills are going to be the team that takes that over. I'll explain a little bit more thoroughly uh, when we return. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. You know, I've never been on a team this talented before, and that's saying a lot. I've been on some talented teams, so you try to bring the young guys along as much as possible because, you know, when you first come in, your mind's in different places. You know, some guys are just trying to make the team, and other guys are, are trying to find their role. And as you get older and older, all that matters is, is getting the chip. So, you know, you stress that important to the young guys and try to bring them along. It really comes down to just staying in the moment and taking advantage of each opportunity that comes. Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley meeting with the media earlier today. Best team he's ever been on. And this might be his last shot at a Super Bowl. 32 years old. He's got two years left on his contract. But as you saw with John Brown this past season... The Bills moved on from him to save $7 million on their salary cap. The Bills can save almost all of what the cap hit would cost to keep Beasley on the team last year to cut him instead. So, he could be a cap casualty. This could be it for him. The final shot to win a Super Bowl in his career. And there are a lot of guys on the team like that. Mario Addison, might be probably in the twilight of his career. Jerry Hughes. Same thing. He's really the first name I should have brought up. He's been here forever. He'd be the guy you want to win it for more than anybody. Not that you wouldn't want to win it. Hearing Bulldog talk about his 88-year-old dad the other day and, like, wanting, like, can we get that done before, you know, like, while he's he's around? While, like, how many people are thinking that way? To me, there are players like that on the team, and... I don't know that I'm mentally prepared yet for the possibility that they actually do it. But it's it's there, right? Like ESPN ran like their their football power index simulations the other day and 9% of their simulations the Bills won a Super Bowl. It's not likely by any means, but 9% is the third highest rate in the league. Kansas City I think it was 14 maybe, like it could happen. And I don't think I'm mentally prepared for what that looks like, what that sounds like. And it'll be a fun ride. I don't want to obsess over the end game, the end result. We've spoken on that a couple of times. So like, just Don't obsess over Kansas City too much. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the games in the, in the, the meat of the season. And all of like the individual plays that will come with it. This, this season's going to be fun. The Bills are playing as fun a style that you can play. Throwing the football 40 times a game. Allen throwing video game stats out there. I think it's so funny that Pittsburgh is their first game. Because they're the team I've been comparing the Bills to all offseason. Not for this year. But for where they are on their, on their, on their, in their process. Where they are in terms of what expectations are. Year 1 was we're going to we're going to start over. We're going to try our best to make the playoffs, but really we're starting over. Year 2, 
Let's get the quarterback at his feet wet. Let's get him into games. Let's start to build up the defense. Year three was, all right, let's see another step from the quarterback. Let's go back. Let's go for the playoffs again. Let's start to build up the offense. Year four was, it's go time. We got to win the division. We got to get a home playoff game. Check, check. All right, well, you fell short. You lost to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. Year five. Super Bowl. Like, that's what's left. That is the next step in the process. And they have the roster, they have the quarterback to do it, but the way they've gone about building it and the way they've gone step-by-step, they've been left with this young core. Allen is 25 years old. Tredavious White is 26 years old. Stephon Diggs is 27. Dawkins is 25. Tremaine Edmonds is 23. He's going to his fourth year. He's 23. Milano is 25. Like they, their core pieces, other than the safeties, are in their mid 20s and are under contract. So you're going to have this nucleus to build around for years, which means because a lot of their important players are so young and are locked up for multi years. I don't see the Bills going anywhere. There's going to be variants. There are going to be down years. But because of how good the core is, what do those down years look like? That's where, to me, the Pittsburgh comparison comes in. The Steelers under Mike Tomlin, they've had down years. They've had a couple of them. But what does a down year for Mike Tomlin look like? It's nine, eight, nine, ten wins. And you're in the playoff race right to the very end. And that's really where the floor drops out for them. That's the that's when they're down in the dumps. Is they're just fighting for a playoff spot. When they're just pretty good, they're winning 10 or 11. They're a playoff team almost every year under Mike Tomlin. And it's because they've got a coach that is consistent. They've got a quarterback that has been Hall of Fame caliber, that has stuck around and has been there for a long time. And really, like that's not where it begins and ends, but that's most of what you need. Now, Pittsburgh has always had at least a very good to great defense. And that might be a similarity between the Bills and the Steelers also, is you once you have the quarterback and you have this baseline of, well, my offense is least at least going to be this good. It's at least going to be above average. Because I could put a bunch of high schoolers around Josh Allen, and they're still going to be above average. Give me some real players around him, and now I'm elite. The defense, because of the coach, because of the scheme he runs, because of the familiarity that, that he has with how to operate the defensive side of the football, the Steelers have been so consistent on that side of the football it's been a big part of the reason why they've been so consistent it's hard to do there's so much randomness to defense in the NFL that for them to be that good for that long is kind of crazy and the Bills they had a down year last year but what was down year for them middle of the road before that they were dominant on that side of the football and there are going to be years where they're dominant on defense and they've got Josh Allen at quarterback And 
to me, that is a Super Bowl formula. They've got one right now with, if not the best, the second or third best offense in the league. But even those down years, I think the Bills are going to have that. They're going to have that floor, and it's going to be it's going to be pretty high. So that's why Pittsburgh to me is such a good comparison. No, were they ever? They were never the Patriots. Every year, Pittsburgh would go into the season playing second fiddle to New England. And that might be the Bills' existence. For the next five to ten years, it might be that every year, what we're talking about is, well, they've got to leapfrog the Chiefs. They've got to get past Mahomes and Kansas City. And every year, they might be an underdog to Kansas City. But, as I've said before, it's a volume play to get the Super Bowl. You can be the second best team for the next 10 years. Every single year, Kansas City can be better than you on paper. But because it's so hard to win in the league and there is so much randomness and there are injuries, if you're that good, if you're second best for 10 years, you're going to get a couple Super Bowls. That's what happened in Pittsburgh. Never. Would anyone say that their last 15 years can compare with New England's? New England had six Super Bowls. They won all but one division. Even still, because Pittsburgh was right there nipping on their heels every single year for such a long time, they won two Super Bowls and they went to a third. And that can be the Bills. I don't know that you need to aspire to that, because I think it's realistic to think they could be better than Kansas City. But where they are right now, and being the next Pittsburgh Steelers, is absolutely an acceptable result. And in the meantime, as the Bills are becoming the next Pittsburgh Steelers of the AFC, the Steelers are, they're whittling down. They might be, they're on the back nine. They're on hole, they're on hole 18. They're teeing off on hole 18 is what Pittsburgh's doing. This is it for Roethlisberger. You can't tell me that guy's got more than one year left after what we saw last year. Hell, most of us didn't think he had this year in him. And we'll see, maybe he doesn't make it through the season. He looks like he's one bad hit away from just being done. And as I mentioned earlier, he cannot push the ball down the field anymore. It is a watered-down offense that is really one-dimensional. They can't run it well. They can't throw it down the field. It's all short passing. And that does not work in today's NFL. So they got a quarterback on the way out. And at the moment, they really don't have a plan other than him. They don't have I don't think they have the next quarterback on their roster. They did not go draft even Jordan Love or Justin Fields or Mac Jones. They did not draft a first round quarterback to be the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. I think Dwayne Haskins is people are trying to talk up Dwayne Haskins as that guy. But come on, he the flame out in Washington was pretty bad. I it'd be stunning to me if that guy had had it in him to be their next franchise quarterback, or even come close to being their next franchise quarterback, their next starting quarterback. 
this might be the final year that going into it, everybody's like, yeah, Pittsburgh will be in the race. And that's just for the playoffs. Usually they're better than that. Even now, they're a diminished version of themselves. And I think after this year, the bottom falls out. They don't have the offensive line. They don't have a lot of the youth that we're talking about that the Bills have. And they're not going to have the quarterback. And where's that going to leave them? Well, way behind in an AFC that is getting younger and that has many of the top young quarterbacks in the league. The Bills, I think, are taking their pedestal over this year. And I think Pittsburgh, I think the bottom's going to fall out on them. They might be good this year. I could see them winning eight, nine games. But after this year, I think they are nowhere. 8030550 is the phone number. Last call in the nightcap after this on WGR. All right, last call on the nightcap. Let's rock and roll the last couple minutes here. We'll take some calls. Let's start with Tim. You're on the nightcap. What's up, Tim? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. Um, I was just wondering, this may be a stupid question, but hopefully not. No, um, go for it. No remember when uh, Tom Brady, when he was at the Patriots, you'd see him complete a long, deep pass. They complete it like inside the five-yard line, and then he makes the whole offense run down there uh, to snap it really quick to either – a, get somebody on the defense offsides and get a penalty, or B, rush it into the touchdown real quick before the defense can be set and ready. Um, I've always wondered why I've never seen any other team do that, um, much else the Bills. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe another team has done that. But that's really my quite Why have I never seen yeah. anybody else incorporate that into their offensive plays? I want to say I've seen Drew Brees do it in New Orleans, but you make a point because other than that, and I'm not even sure about that, I don't see it a lot. I I wonder, Tim, right. I the Bills would be the team I would think about for this. Why did that happen? Was it that Brady, because of his experience and his experience on in that offense and having everybody just on the same page at all times, that you know when you know to look to the quarterback after the play and you know game situations, you know, all right, we got to run here. We got to get to the line. And that, to me, is the type of thing when I hear when I hear coaches and players talk about continuity being important. Like though, that's one of those situations where I feel like that would be valuable. So I guess that's a better question for the players. Like, why doesn't that happen? Because you got the same coordinators on this team for is it four years now? Frazier maybe is five. Dable is four. The same head coach, a lot of the same players. This Bills team has as much continuity built up as anybody in the league. It's rare. It's so rare that you have the same coordinators for four years in a row. I wonder how rare it is. Because those positions, when a team, your team has success, they get head coaching jobs. For whatever reason, it hasn't happened here. Which is why they've been entrenched in their, in their current roles. So... The Bills should do it. I agree. If it's third and two at the 10, and Allen connects on a slant to Beasley down to the one, and the Bills were in the spread, so the defense is matched up, they're small. 
They've only got four linemen out there, two linebackers. They're not built for a quick run at the goal line. Why wouldn't Josh Allen and the Bills run up to the line of scrimmage on first and one, get Singletary in the backfield, do a quick run HB dive over the middle, or even a QB sneak? I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I can't remember it happening with them. But because they have so much continuity on the offensive side of the football, the quarterback's going into the same scheme yet again, there's got to be enough familiarity to where, do it. Because Brady and the Patriots had a lot of success doing something like that. So, not a dumb question at all. I think it's interesting that you don't see a lot of other teams do that. And I think it's a good way to cap off the show tonight. Good luck to USA Soccer. I'll be watching tonight at 10.30. Man, I hope they win. Because otherwise, the only way I'm starting with soccer again on tomorrow's show, like I did today, on opening week of the NFL, the only way that's happening is if they lose to Honduras tonight. Let me tell you something. If the United States soccer team loses to Honduras tonight, I guarantee you, I am coming on the air tomorrow at 7 o'clock, and I'm taking a flamethrower to this place. That's how fired up I am about tonight's game. Get in the damn World Cup. Holy cow. All right. Soccer fans, can't wait for 10.30. Holding my breath at the same time. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hopefully mostly about American football. And tomorrow, tomorrow's game day. Tampa and Dallas. We'll talk a lot more about that game tomorrow. Uh, Of course, Bills and Steelers as well. I'll be on tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning. Me and Sal Capaccio for the Extra Point Show. So I'll talk to you at 10 here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.